Hello and welcome along to another edition of Football Thunders, sponsored tonight by Birdseye, it seems. <laughs> right, uh, Football Thunders tonight, uh, brought to you as our spire sponsors, let's talk, uh, playing football for uh, mental health, raising funds for mental health, and uh, the proper blokes club, uh, walking... Uh, by by walking, helping people back to to discuss their mental health issues. Joining me at this on this show, Dan Finch, where you can stop giggling. Hello, people. Uh, and Ryan Scott, how are we doing, Ryan? Hello, Captain Birdseye. <laughs> <laughs> you need to explain because there's no vision for our listeners. Uh, Pete's gone with the beard, but unfortunately, he's at that age now where it's lost all its colour, so it's white. So if you give him a sea captain, that. He looks like Captain Birdseye from the Fish Fingers packets. Coming up tonight, uh, we're going to go through. We haven't got. There's not a lot here on paper to go through, but I've got a sneaking suspicion it's going to get salty in places, and it could take a little bit, a bit of time. Gareth Southgate has announced an England squad. Uh, we're going to watch Ryan get really salty over that. We've got the Premier League calculator. Dan will explain more about that when we get to it. We'll talk about Chelsea and uh, the amount of bidders they're attracting at the moment and the whys and what fors and when it's all got to be done. Scout Report will uh, give you a young player or a player from FM. I'm going for a championship player, so, or a player I'm using in the championship. And then we've got no shitter as we this week unless one of these two do something. But we do have a plonker of the week. Is that right? We do. It's nice to it's hear that. Gareth we... Southgate. No, it's not, actually. <laughs> Almost uh, bloody close when I heard the squad announcement. Should we oh. should we dive straight into the squad, Charlie? Well, hang on, hang on. Let me introduce it. Should we look at the England squad for tonight? Uh, <laughs> let's let's read the squad out first. Sorry, Captain. Uh, goalkeepers Pope, Pickford, and Ramsdale. Defenders Alexander Arnold, Cody, Gooey. Is that how you say it? Reese James, yeah, okay. Maguire, Mings, Shaw, Stones, Ben White. Uh, midfielders Bellingham, Gallagher, Henderson, Mount, Rice, Ward, Prowse, and up front. Tammy Abraham, Phil Foden, Jack Grealish, Harry Kane, Bukio Sarko, Emil Smith Rowe, Who? Raheem. Yeah. Bukio Sarko. Sarko. Sorry. Bukio Hare, yeah? Fucking yeah, hell. it's been a long Bukari day. Bukari Sarko. It's been a long week. Uh, Emil Smith Rowe, Raheem Sterling. Out of the reckoning, Kyle Walker and Marcus Rashford are not in the squad. And Pope, yeah, Pope's back in, which, yeah, okay. Uh, who are we going with first? Uh, um, who's hand up? Just someone give me a sign. Dan wants to go first. I'm so happy Carl Walker's not in an England squad. Why? Really? I've been waiting years for this moment. I'm going to bring you straight back down a peg by having a pop at Gareth Southgate at the same time. If you remember, Gareth Southgate said he was picking on form, right? He announced at a press conference today, in his own words, that Kyle Walker will be back in June because he wants to have a look at the two younger fullbacks this time. So right. he can't now say that he's picking on form, because clearly he's got his favourites, because he's already told us a couple of months ahead that he's going to be in the next squad. So He can't be picking on South form, because Harry Maguire's in the squad. Yeah. And so's Luke Shaw. <laughs> I mean, how the hell... All right, well, well, let me just put a point. I have never, ever come across any England manager that has ever picked on form. Yes, but Gareth Southgate said he would only pick on form. So that's on so, him for using takes, his own words. So, all right, Harry Maguire is playing like a pile of rabid dog shit at the moment. He is absolute turd. Who goes in the squad instead of him? Well, well, no, this brings up another one of my bugbears. Again, there's no Fakayo Tomori. He is absolutely destroying the Italian league. 
with AC Milan. And you can argue about it being inferior quality to the Premier League and tra-la-la-la-la, but the best defenders have always come out of Serie A. There's no ifs, ands or buts about it. Fakayo Tomori is an amazing central defender. Harry Maguire is scoring own goals right now. And he's one of the worst defenders in the league on stats. And yet he's in the squad. And Gareth Southgate's coming out with nonsense about, (laughs) yeah, we're we're looking at Fakayo Tomori. He almost made it, but we don't think he's quite ready yet. And then you've also also got Tyrone Mings, who, even if you ask the fan base that his club play for, says he's a liability. And actually the centre-back partner that's missing out in Esri Konza is miles better than him. So I agree completely. In Tamori and concert, I'd argue you probably have England's centre-back pairing that I'd go with if Joe Gomez isn't available, which he isn't because he's not being picked. He needs to get a move. His career is going yeah, down the toilet. It, it does, because Joe Gomez is someone that, when he has played for England, has looked good. And then we've got Luke Shaw, who's not even playing for Man United half the time. He's on the bench because Alex Tellez has been yeah. playing. So. Yeah, and- how does he get into the squad? When he has played, he's been dog-awful and everyone's like, oh, yeah, he's broken. He's got no confidence. See Marcus Rashford, who I'm sure we'll get on to in a minute. But it's like you've picked two of the worst Man United players on form basis. And if you've you're put picking, them in the squad. Okay, if maybe... You're, if you're picking a left-back, and this is coming from a Charlton fan, which, you know, tells you a lot. If you're picking the best performing left-back right now, who's English, you pick Tyreek Mitchell from Crystal Palace. Or who's the fellow that went from Aston Villa to Newcastle and who's setting the world on fire at Newcastle? Matt Target. Matt Target, there you go. There's two left-back alternatives that you could have instead of a bombed-out Luke Shaw. And I, I don't know where Ben Chilwell is. And by the way, you could put money on, do you know who starts left-back for England? Rhys James. You reckon? Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah, there's no Kieran Trippier, is there? It would be Trippier if he was fit, but obviously injured. Is he? Now, I don't ram this down my throat. Is he taking Maguire and not going to play him, but he's going to take him along to give him a break from the Manchester United scenery that's pissed, that's upset, that's really getting him down, just to try and get into his head and try and lift him somewhat. But he's not actually going to say that. He's not going to come out and lie and say that in public, is he? But if, he's, if that's what he's doing, he shouldn't be doing it. No one should be called up to the England squad to play for England just because he wants a club England ethos. If you're not playing to the best of your ability Let, let's be honest here Harry Maguire shouldn't even be in the Man United side let alone the England squad I'm not saying I'm not saying but but I think he wants a club England he's, he said that from the start you shouldn't be surprised by it but, but then, then he you're... does contradict it by saying I'm going to pick on, on form that's, exactly but that's the thing like, if you're going to say you're going to pick on form and then stick to it I get the club England thing hence why Connor Cody Tyrone Mings is still in the squad but Harry Maguire's, you know, literally a laughing stock right now. I don't want him in the, I don't care if we're playing two friendlies. I don't want him anywhere near the squad. I'd rather we gave Esri Concert or Tomori caps. Harry Maguire, when he got taken off for Manchester United recently, the fans actually cheered when his name came up and he was substituted. That's how bad it is for Harry Maguire right now. And yet he's still in the England squad. It's bullshit. Right, let's move on to the midfield. Doctor, before we do... I'd just like to say, obviously, someone that we shouted about at the beginning of the season, well, I did, especially, was Mark. I'm not even going to try and say his last name. Gay. Gay, Gay. Gay. yeah. When when we talked about the summer transfers, I said his deal to Palace was fantastic and he'd give him a step up to the England squad. I think he's deserved it. As I said, I think Mitchell should be in there alongside him. 
but um, I'm glad he's in there. OK, let's move on to the midfielders. Bellingham, Gallagher, Henderson, Mount, Rice and Ward-Prowse. Gallagher, well the other light against Man City. I mean, for Palace, I hate to say it, but against he looked absolutely... There wasn't a braid of grass he didn't cover, did he? I think he fully deserved it. He's in there on form, isn't he? I mean, we've been calling, yeah, we've been calling for it this entire podcast since this podcast begun. Yeah. I um, think that, that midfield is probably the best midfielders we've got available. See, no Calvin Phillips for injury. I think if you were to name six, if you said, here's, here you go, name six four centre midfielders, that's probably the six that we name, no? I think the only one who shouldn't be there, and this is purely not because of his performance, but just because of his age, is Henderson. I think his, oh, his time's no, up. No, so boy. He's 33 going on 34. It's, it's he might not even make the World Cup. I so... think it's what it's what's in his head that he's there for, because that experience and the way... You look how he plays at Liverpool. He, I, I disagree. I think he's, no, no, he's no. got every Don't right be to be there. I understand why he is there. Like you said, it's experience, it's knowledge, it's game now. But from my perspective, it's one of those catch-22 situations. If you don't bring in someone else to get experience, they'll never get the experience well, and then they won't be able to replace who, who, it. It's a, it's who, a bit, who, who, it, it, it is a bit late in the day to be blooding someone with the World Cup uh, later in the year, isn't it? So, But, but you're saying who, that, but you, they, you've just brought in Mark Gay. I haven't. So, no, but Gareth Southgate, so you can't make that argument when we're blooding somebody new. But, but who, I, who do you... The who, who would replace Jordan Henderson at the moment? Honestly, I don't know. Well, Honestly, there you go. I, I don't know, so, but I'm just saying... From, well, unless... If you're going to say... get if, perspective... Yeah, but from an age perspective, if you're going to say, look, look um, we've, got to, we've got to phase him out, you need to have someone to replace him. You can't just say it and, yeah, and but not I have some... Yeah, but I haven't researched who the English midfielders are that are currently well, then, available. Don't, I wouldn't suggest that you, that someone should be phased out unless you know. Right. He's, he's thirty-four. He's 33, 34. Yeah, no yeah. one to replace him. There's no one to replace him, and he's going to play in the World Cup that, that's coming up later this year. Why are we about it after this World Cup? Not now. In a couple of friendlies and some games in 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 the summer. Surely. That's the other thing. Do you really want to call him up for a friendly? Surely, at his age, you would leave him out so that he could like get some rest and be in good nick for come the yeah, World Cup. Because no? he's the sort he's of got, person. But he's got a break between now and the World Cup. Remember? Yeah, and he's and he's the sort of person you want around the squad because he's good around the squad. He's a leader. My thing is, I don't think there's a replacement for him. I don't think. Yeah. I think that, as I said, I think they're the best six English central midfielders. If you've got a available. young player making a debut, you want someone like Jordan Henderson around they can have a chat with and, or, or who will go and talk to them to sort of try and help guide them through what is a, a quite a, a, an experience for a youngster. So I think on his football basis alone, he should be there. And for his leadership skills, he should be there. There was a time when I didn't like Jordan Henderson at all, but the more I watch him, the more I, I'm impressed by him. If you watch Henderson carefully... His work at Liverpool goes so unnoticed because you look at the flashy players. Mm. If it wasn't for Jordan Henderson, Trent doesn't do what he does. Yeah, Mo Salah doesn't get into the space that he does because of the way that Henderson plays. Obviously, it's not the same with England because we don't have Mo Salah and Trent refuses to play right back. He refuses to play Trent at right back. I wouldn't drop Henderson, and I'm again like like Pete said, I'm not. I've never been his biggest fan, but I wouldn't drop him. I would because... really like to see Bellingham get a couple of games though. Oh not yeah, just for forty-five Granted. minutes here. These yeah, two it, friendlies, I really want to see Bellingham actually given two 90 minutes. Well, to see what would you like to see Bellingham in the middle of a two or behind the forward? I would like to see him in the middle of a two with James Ward-Prowse. I want to see James Ward-Prowse I to, play. I want to see Bellingham next to Rice. 
Or a three. I, I think Rice and Bellingham is our two long term. Uh, well, then give it, make it a three. If he's going to play four three three, then you put in Ward Prowse, Bellingham, and Rice, and then you've got the the perfect mix for all three. I think. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Are we happy with the midfield though? We are. We are yeah. there. Yeah, I yeah, said, yeah. I said that's the best midfield. By the way, just to I'm gonna have a salty argument just for say it's not an argument a point why is Foden down as a forward because he's a classed as a wide player by England he plays behind a striker yeah bastards yeah but where's Mason Mount is he classed as a midfielder or classed as a midfielder they're the same same, aren't they they anyway the forwards allegedly Tammy Abraham Phil Foden Jack Grealish Harry Kane Saka uh, Emil Smith-Rowe Raheem Sterling any arguments from there? Uh, Jaden Sancho is starting to play a little bit better, isn't it, at the moment? Uh, 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 from what I can see, his form's picked up a bit. He's found a bit of Dan. I, I agree. So instead of Graylish, I'd have Sancho. Would you? And it's, instead of Sterling, I'd have... Oh, he's got Jared Bowen. Jared Bowen's injured, so you can't have that I one. wouldn't have Jared Bowen. <laughs> I'm well, are you saying you want to replace well, well, Sterling? You're, you're considering... saying it's a friendly. Um, it's a friendly. Right. Okay. Fair Sterling's enough. not been playing again. We're picking on form. Sterling's not been fantastic. He's also not been bad, but he's not been fantastic. It's, I agree that we should be looking at other players. You know, in, in selective areas. I think Sterling is always in the squad and always starting. At least Henson doesn't always start. And I don't think Jack Grealish has done anything to be rewarded with an England spot. I think Sancho's performed better than him, although the media will tell you he hasn't. It just he has. I, I was going to say, I, think, I, I don't think they'd say that now because in the last six games, I think Sancho's got three assists and two goals or the other way around. So he is informed, to be fair to him. It's not like he's doing a Rashford and stinking the joint out. And the others, I mean, Saka's look, looking better now than he ever has. Emil Smith-Rowe is the same. Tammy is scoring for fun in Serie A, although there was never in doubt that he wouldn't. Uh, Harry Kane's Harry Kane. I'm looking what? at that squad and the omissions, uh, specifically Rashford, is he going the same way as either? Now, and there's a reason I give two different names: Deli Ali, who's nowhere near, or Jesse Lingard, who's on the fringes. I think he's more Deli Ali than Jesse Lingard right now. I think so at the moment. Yeah, no, I didn't want to say it, but he's got he's he has the talent, but it's just it it's just not happening for him, is it? For oh. and his forms, it's just really poor at the moment. I've said it to Dan on the podcast before. He's got Martial's disease. Ten tons of talent, but no attitude to play the game properly. And the fact that he's... Is this possibly uh, Gareth Southgate's way of giving the boot up the arse to say, you're not in this squad? Yeah, probably. Because if he doesn't pick up his form, he cannot pick him, can he? The one thing you could argue in Rashford's defence is he's 24. When was the last time he had a break? Because he's had the World Cup. We had the COVID thing, which was a break, but not a long one. Before that was the Euros. You're looking at at least three years without a break, about a summer. No, because he did have a break, because after he came back from the last tournament, he went shoulder shoulder surgery. Yeah, so he had quite a break out, months. yeah. I've said it all along, and, I, and I'll say it again. I've said it on this podcast before. Rashford thinks he's Cristiano Ronaldo. If you look at Rashford when he was at his most effective, he got the ball, he knocked it past the opponent, he sprinted it, he finished it. That was it. Now, he's trying to take extra touches, he's trying to stand people up, he's trying to beat people. A lot of of time when the player takes extra touches is because they lack the confidence. No, no, no. You can see it. Even Uh, in his He thinks he's Ronaldo. Look at the way he's changed. He spent years banging in free kicks, but now he thinks he's Ronaldo. 
Yeah, even if you look at his, the way he strikes the ball, you can clearly see he's mimicking Ronaldo in, in his technique. So what he needs to do, from my opinion... Is mimic Ronaldo in his work way off the pitch? No. Go back to being Marcus Rashford? Is go back to being Marcus Rashford. Be direct, be simple. Do exactly what you did to get you to the dance. Don't stop doing what made you good. Don't try and be somebody else. We had it with Kylian Mbappe in France the other year. He was trying to be like Neymar. He was doing stepovers... And he was trying to beat three people yeah, at once totally and it wasn't working. Yeah. yeah, so then this season he went back to being what he is and it, it, it's paid they're off. Still for him. booing him. <laughs> well, no, they're booing everyone, to be fair. Oh, yeah, but he's one of them. Don't blame them. Before we move on from the England squad, I do want to ask bearing in mind the, the he who shall not be named situation. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll say his name, Mason Greenwood. We've obviously said time and time again that Mason Greenwood would be the future of the England team. Well, now, he's... bearing in mind what's going on, who's next after Kane and Abrahams? Well, the thing to remember is Tammy's age. I think people yeah, think he's Tammy's a lot quite older. Young. He's a bit Tammy's young. Only, only just turned 24. Yeah, but who else is there other than those two that isn't Jamie Vardy at Well, we were saying that, listen, we were saying that before Kane come along. Who's going to who's gonna do, who's going to, and suddenly a player appears and, and we might just have to wait a couple of years just for someone to emerge. Mason Burst, no. No, no. No, no, no. It's, no. That someone could emerge and, you know, that you're, when you're least expecting it, it's what happens. I mean, you look at um, Harry Kane's loan periods. He went out on loan and he was shit. He was yeah, shite. I was going to say he was at Leighton Orient and places he was like that. Shite. Good for Mill. He was okay for Mill, but shite on the whole. Get back to Tottenham, yeah, start scoring who, goals. Who have we got? We've got Ollie Watkins. No, don't think it's him. It's not Bamford, that's for sure. Not Patrick Bamford. No, Jamie it's never. Vardy. It's never Patrick Bamford. It's never Patrick fucking Bamford. Let's make that Patrick right. Bamford. It's never Patrick fucking Bamford. Let's make that clear if, right if you, now. If you believe Football Manager, the next one's going to be Liam Delap. And also, one, there's two other people. When we're talking about this squad, there's two other people I want to know why they're not in this squad. Go on, who? And the first one is the lad at Aston Villa, Jacob Ramsey. How is he not being given the chance to at least be in the squad for the friendly? He has been on fire all season for Aston Villa. Because Phil Foden and Mason Mount. Yeah. yeah, but you've got to at least put him in the squad to give him a look. No, but that's why at he's least. not in the squad. And the same with Phil Harvey Elliott. He's with the under twenty one, so you know. Harvey Elliott. Um. Again, there's another thing of Harvey Elliott, maybe, but I, I think the six midfield central midfielders we've got are the six best ones. My worry is at left back at the minute. I think we're very we're woefully short according to that squad at left back. Well, Chilwell's injured. Trippier is his first choice left back, whether people like to admit it or not. His first choice left back I, I, is. I don't Kevin like Trippier. it. I don't like it. There's Luke Shaw. Then you have Target and Mitchell, and that's about it. You've got Justin at Leicester. Although, again, even Justin is a right back converted to the left. Uh, you got Thomas at Leicester as well, who I think yeah, is a left no, back. No, he's, no, 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 um, no. There, there are other options out there, but Gareth doesn't want to talk, <laughs> doesn't want to select outside of his little group. You really Where's don't like Gareth Southgate? George, George. Well, no, I will give Gareth Southgate no, no, all no, the no, credit no, in no. the world. For the results that he's got, yeah. No, no, you didn't. In you didn't <laughs> at the start of this podcast, mate. No, 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 no. You no, got no. proper salty. You no, wouldn't give him yeah. anything. Let me say it right. That's... I will give him credit for getting results to where to where he's got. 
I've said it on this podcast before. You said you the complete not... opposite. What are you talking about? No, I haven't. You have. No. What go, and was... go and listen. Go and listen. I will go and listen. And I'm I'll sure say you exactly what I said before, as I'll say it again, <laughs> which is he had an easy run to the finals. I'll give him credit. <laughs> because I also actually said, and you actually disagreed with me, Pete, I was like, surely the next step for England, because they reached a semi-final and a final, should be to win something. And you were like, no, 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 no. So I will give him credit for when he does something good, but he's also got to be knocked for being a two-faced bullshitter and claiming that he's picking on form when he's not. There's never been a manager that's picked just on form. Then don't ever. say it. Don't say it. I don't know. Do I'm not say it. Just, just be honest and just say, I will pick the players I think deserve to be here, as every other England manager has done. And then you don't get criticised because you haven't put your foot in your ass. That's it. Uh, international bollocks done. Uh, over to Dan for, the, what, the, for, for what's about to happen. Dan, explain. Right, so, as many of you know, we're coming towards the end of the Premier League season. And I've set the, the other two, uh, the captain himself and Ryan, to go onto a website, as long as myself and me. Um, the and fucking just the captain? The, the captain. Yeah, careful, we know your fish is salty. Where's oh, my arm? I want my arm banged. Come on. The um to World Football Net where there's a table table calculator. If you want to do it, head over to worldfootball.net. They have a, a table calculator you can put in the results and it updates the table as you go along. I set the, the lads a challenge, me included, to see how we think the Premier League will finish. Because we've been having a lot of debate on the group chat, we Pete, especially about Everton. Yeah. Um, which we won't see, we won't spoil our results until Ryan's back from his I think I know what's coming, but we'll wait. <laughs> but obviously, uh, it's coming to that time of the year. So I don't know how we want to do this. Fucker. <laughs> He's got a fucking Captain Birdseye. He's got a puppet. It's a puppet. Fucker. <laughs> we, when we upload the uh, the podcast, that needs to go in a, in a picture, in a format, so that we, they can see it when they look at the upload. Bastards. Absolutely genius. <laughs> Are we ready? We hang on, to... hang on. Ryan, bring him back to the screen again. We need to see think, him. I on. don't know if Ryan can hear us. No, he's gone. <laughs> Ryan's gone, I think. He's having a moment, bless him. Yeah, sorry. He's back again. We need Captain Pug... Oh, there's fucking <laughs> Captain Pugwash! <laughs> Captain Birdseye. Captain Birdseye, to the screen, please. <laughs> where, you, where is he? Can you flash him one more time for me? So no, 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 we can see There him. he is. <laughs> He's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, so we all did our, our league tables. We have the finished products in front of us, hopefully. I'm hoping either you've still got it or you print screened it or something. Yep. Um, so where do we want to start? Should we start at the top of the league, do the top six, and then work our way back? We can do. Ooh. So I think the, the first big question is, obviously, who wins the Premier League and on what point? So, uh, Ryan, do you want to go first? Right. I've got Manchester City winning it by one point with 95 points. Have you? I've got oh. Liverpool winning it by two points. I've got Liverpool winning it by three points. 96 points for Liverpool. Oh, hang on. Let me show you. Uh, let me look and see what I've got for Liverpool. My thing's screen. My, my screen's just frozen. Where are we? Um, okay, let's have a look. My, I've got... Um, Oh, my days. I think it effectively comes down to that Liverpool-Man City game at the Etihad. I think that's important. Uh, Yeah, I've got it two points. 
Yeah, but what point total did Liverpool get to? Liverpool got to 96. Yeah, same. Uh, and our Man City get to 94. What points total did you give City, Ryan? They got 95 points. Ryan, what's your top four? Who are the right. top four? Manchester City win the league with 95 points. Liverpool second on 94. Chelsea third on 87. And Arsenal in fourth on 76. Jesus. Oh. <laughs> that points total is very different to mine. What's yours, Dan? The, uh, Liverpool win the league on 96. Man City second on 93. Chelsea third on 84. And then Arsenal are fourth on 69 points. So a big drop, but both have Arsenal in fourth. Right, OK. I have Chelsea in third on 83 points. <laughs> Arsenal in fourth on 76. Man United scraping on uh, in fifth. With 65 points, two points above West Ham. I was going to say, in fifth, I've got Tottenham with 71 points. And Manchester United finished sixth on 67. Mm. What the fuck's that? Right, I've got Man United in fifth on 68 and then Tottenham sixth on 64. Uh, goal difference separates Tottenham and West Ham. No, it's a, there's a clear gap for me. So um... I was going to say, I've got West Ham in seventh on 61. And then from the bottom of the league... Should we go from, say, 15th down? Well, yes, go on, let's do 15th. build up a bit of... Build up a bit of tensione. A bit of shithousery, yeah. A bit of tensione. So my 15th place side is Brentford with 37 points. Ryan? I've got Brighton and Hove Albion on 36. Oh. Um, they are not scoring at the I've moment. got Brentford on 37 points. So... Yeah. It's the same as me, then. Right, so yep. 16th place. I've got Watford on 29 points. There's a bit of a gap coming here. Right, I've got Leeds on 33. Ooh. And I've got Watford on 30. Ooh. So we, 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 Ryan and I, pretty much... Now should we really shit Housery, Leave 17th and go to bottom. Norwich City, 20th with 17 points. Norwich City, bottom, 23 points. Norwich City, bottom, 20 points. <laughs> okay. Nice. Right. 19th place. Ryan? 19. Burnley with 23 points. Dan? Burnley. Burnley, oh. 28 points. Everton, 25. Woof. Everton, 25. Uh, wow. Because they, they can't... There's no fight in them at the moment. 25 points, though. There's, there's no fight. Well, you, you, you say that, Dan. I've got Everton next. No fight. 18th and going down with 24 points. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I've got them going down as well, but they've got 30 points. No, they won't have 30 <laughs> points because they've got no fight in them. The balls have gone. They're going to nick points. No, they're not. 17th place. My 17th place is Watford on 32 points. Well, have we done 18th yet? Yeah, that's no. what you said. Everton. Mine is Everton oh, on my, 31 points. Mine's Leeds on 28. Mine's Everton on 24. Burnley a 19th with 23. Burnley a 17th with 28. So 11 points for Leeds. It's goal difference, does Leeds. So I have Everton, Burnley and Norwich relegated. Yep, I've got the same. And Leeds finish 17th with 28 points. I have Leeds, Everton and Norwich going down. Watford stay up just in mine. Uh, and just Burnley. out of interest, where did Newcastle finish in your two leagues? 13th. Yep, same for me. Yeah, same. <laughs> uh, 
Just, just out of interest, where did Wolves finish? Because they're probably the informed team outside the eighth. top four. Eighth, I've got them. Yep, I've got eighth as well, yeah. funnily enough. Yeah, eighth. Eighth and quite comfortable. They're not going to catch West Ham and Leicester hmm. are comfortably behind them. Yeah, well, I've Crystal got them. Palace, where did Crystal Palace finish for you lot? 12th. 11th. I was going to say I've got them 12th as well. So, look, Patrick Vieira's done a good job, really. Yeah, let's move Who, on from that. Hang on, so, Fucking French bastard. Who's intent for you lot? I've got Southampton in. I got Villa. Oh, I've got Villa. I think me, <laughs> I think feeling me and Pete's table is very similar. I've got <laughs> Villa in ninth, actually. To be fair, I got Leicester in ninth. What's uh, this to say? I got Leicester in ninth. Bang on ninth. Yeah. See, I think me and Pete's top half is identical. I think. <laughs> Who's your sixth place? Uh, West Ham. Okay, no, it's not identical. I went for Spurs. Oh, okay. no, I think West Ham will do them by two. Very interesting, though. That. I, I think Leeds have just enough, and I thought I was being—I didn't—I didn't think I was being nice enough to the bottom sides, and then I found out that I've given them all a lot more points than you did. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it was very difficult to give Burnley points because they don't score goals. I just That's, put them. I kept putting them to draw nil nil. <laughs> I was going to say yes, same here. It was like either draw nil nil or lose because I know Vehicles uh, came in and scored a couple, but he's gone off the boil now as well. So. The big difference is that if you look like, especially Everton's fixture list, they've got to play most of the top four and they're yeah. getting spanked by everyone that goes near them. So Yeah, they are... Up I shit mean... creek and the paddle is having issues. Yes, the paddle... Or the paddle's got fucking holes in, that's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> they're up shit creek uh, and, yeah, the, the paddle's got a wacky great hole in it, hole in it. So, yeah, mm, never mind. Uh, excellent. Uh, that's a good idea. We'll 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 keep keep hold of these and uh, we'll have a look at them at the end of the season and see where we've see where we've gone. <laughs> right. oh, we we have a waving captain in the background again. We've got a podcast mascot. <laughs> we still have a podcast mascot. We don't need one. Moving on, the situation at Chelsea is uh, a bit fishy these days, isn't it? I mean, it's it's uh, it's a bit of a mess for Chelsea. They're 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 uh, they've been attacked by the Middlesbrough chairman uh, this uh, over the last few weeks because they wanted to have their FA Cup game behind closed doors. Steve Gibson's not having that, and everyone is sticking the boot I in did, at the moment. I did consider Chelsea for shit house for trying to say that Middlesbrough. Should... API closed doors. You should have done. No, no, you should have done. I'd, I'd say that's uh, his shit house. Everyone is sticking the boot in at Chelsea. I mean, who, who isn't is the question. Well, Boris, well, Boris Johnson's the only one, and the super reason Boris isn't is because he's probably tied up in it somewhere. Is it yeah. is it bad that the only the only reason I really care is because I wondered if Charlton have got their money for Mason Bursto yet? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I would have thought <laughs> so. You go on. But people, you say people are kicking Chelsea while they're down, but they're leading with their face. If you turn around to people and say, right, well, if we can't have fans in, then you can't have fans in your own stadium, then you're going to get a kick in. Yeah, you're going to get a kick in. And Nonsense. continuing to chant Roman Abramovich's game, uh, name at games is not good. I would say if anyone uh, didn't watch Panorama on Monday night, where they demonstrated pretty much where, uh, where Roma, Roman Abramovich got his money from or how he got so much money, it's worth watching because, yeah, it, it puts it into perspective. But then it's nothing that there weren't suspicions of the minute he took over the club. All I will say on the chanting thing is I do kind of understand where they're coming from. 
because these are people that aren't looking at what's going in, on in Ukraine in relation to how it feeds back to Roman Abramovich or where Roman Abramovich got his money from. They're just chanting his name because from their perspective, all they see is a guy who's come in, ploughed millions upon millions, well, billions actually, into their football club, made them successful, and now someone's telling them he can't be, he can't own your club anymore because of he knows this guy from Russia. So what they, well, it's not just that. So what they need to do is sit down and watch the BBC documentary from Monday night. <laughs> you think uh, half those Chelsea fans know how to turn on they, the TV? But they won't. They won't. They never <laughs> watched. They probably never watched Panorama uh, in their lives. Can we they, can we talk about this then? Because you're you're talking about like ill-gotten gains, basically. Yes. I did a live stream for any of our listeners who follow us on Facebook. I did bring up a point that I understand there is a moral compass that comes within all of us. But when you're talking about business, and there is obviously this overlap between football and business, when does it stop being football and when does it stop being business? From a business point of view, is how picky can you be with an owner? Before you end up with a no. lesser quality, hold on. Before you end up with a lesser quality product, because if from a business point of view, yeah. if we start saying right, okay, well you did this bad thing at one point, so you can't own a football club, we're going to end up with a game that's got absolutely no money in it well, at all. Well, hang on, no, I mean that's a very generalised sort of thing, because it, it, you're looking at uh, a Bramovich. Do you know, do you know who owns Newcastle? Saudi Arabia, basically. Right. And Do you know what it's they're the up same to? with Manchester City. They executed 81 people exactly. in one day the other day. It's disgusting. Exactly. It's the same with Manchester Daily. City. It's the same with Paris Saint-Germain. If we start yeah. playing money. you can't own clubs because of what stuff's going on, essentially, back in your country. Oh, well, no, no, no. Let's do, no hang, hang, hang on. No, no. Right, OK. Let's clarify this. Newcastle United is, owned, is financed by the Saudi government, pretty much. That's it's it's that's the facts of the matter. There's yes. a couple of people at the head, yeah. The Saudi government who executed 81 people. That's not them uh, mixing with a few mates. That's a government that's actively yeah, uh, and that's why yeah, it's right. Smart. Because I'm going to explain about Abramovich and why he Abramovich's money didn't come from Putin. It came from Yel when Yeltsin was in, in, and it was corruptly got hold of. That's the big difference. Now, where the PSG money come from, I don't know, because I don't actually know who their owners are. Or Man City. They're the Saudi royal family, I believe. Well, then they're in the same boat as Newcastle United, then, really. But this is what I mean. And the other thing is, is if you actually look at the business <laughs> transaction of Newcastle, it, although people say it's owned by the Saudi state, it's actually not. It's actually owned by an investment fund, which is which money is ploughed into from... By the Saudi... It's just it's, yeah. just... it's just... It's just a way of... It's like a curve. Yeah, it swings around about... It it's comes the under the same... Abramovich now. It comes under the same... As far as I'm concerned, I don't think, he, I don't think they should own the football club. No, I'm quite... I'm, I'm with... I, I'm, I, I don't think they should be owning football clubs, no. Not right, with... So, but from a business perspective, if you do that, then you're going to be ruling out a lot of people from owning Fine. football clubs here, there and everywhere. Fine, and I'll tell you why, because and I've seen... With... No, and I'll tell you why, because I've seen people have come into football, uh, and Annette Charlton, who should never have ever been near a football club, and they're now trying it with another club, and they're now taking that club, a fan-owned club, to its knees with spurious legal challenges. That's why the fit and proper test has to be there. You have to have it, and it has to be so much stronger than it is now. 
I, I don't say, give but... I don't give a shit about Premier League clubs. I really don't because they get what they deserve. You know, if Chelsea get it all they deserve, one day Man City's money, the owners will walk away, and Man City will get what they deserve. I I fear for uh, smaller clubs that are getting destroyed by people who are not fit to run to to be involved with football clubs, and it's this and 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 that applies to these Premier League teams. It has to be a stronger test. It has to be. Fit and proper. Fit and proper should mean something. It shouldn't mean a box ticking exercise. It should mean a fair bit of due diligence into that person. And if there's any doubt about them, even if you can't prove it, but if there's a doubt, a significant doubt, you say, no, I'm sorry, because you've got to protect the game. The game's been corrupt far too long from the top to the bottom. It's time something's done about dodgy owners for a start. I agree. I mean, I've said it before on this podcast. I, I don't feel sorry for as Pete just said. I, Premier League fans live in a in a different world to every other football fan in England and especially in the world. Um, yeah, it's not real football. You want to come see real football? Come watch the disgusting shit that I have to part with every week. So you're, you're playing dream football. So if so, say we amend the fit and proper persons test to include yep. people that have made their money from dodgy dealing. Like for example, you claim Abramovich's money is 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 dodgy. I don't claim it, um, uh, but the the rest of the world do. The, our, alleg- government, our government clearly do. Allegedly, right. the European saying. Union clearly do. The can United say, States of America me, do. Can we so. say allegedly before I get my arse sued? Yes, allegedly. Thank you. Right. Uh, yeah, allegedly. <laughs> so so if if we do that and we take out all the alleged bad guys who aren't fit to yeah. run the test. I, would you guys be happier with a lesser quality product yes. because the money's I, gone out of the game? I watch Charlton every week. Yeah, of course I would. By choice. Yeah, of course so I would. it would make no difference to me. I've said before, like football for me isn't just about the high quality football. I don't watch that much high level football. I do enough so that I can keep on keep an eye on what's going on. But majority of the time, I'm quite happy watching lower league football. So if the quality got worse at the top level, boo hoo. I mean, I'm, I'd watch football if it's in a park, frankly. I don't care. So the, the quality of football is irrelevant to me. Obviously, financially, it'd make a big difference. But as I said, I watch Welling and Charlton. So from a financial side of it, it would, would make no difference to, to, to the clubs that I watch. To me, the Premier League is a, a very... It's a, it's a selfish beast. It's a selfish beast that took the majority of the money at the expense of every other club, 72 other clubs. And 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 I would quite happily have the, the the Premier League brought back. There's too much of a gap between the Premier League and the Championship. It, it uh, you look at Norwich, they they I mean, and and their their owners have got a model that they're not prepared to spend millions upon millions to stay in the Premier League, and I can kind of understand that. And this is why, in a way, when the Super League happened. I mean, I was against the idea of it, but in a way, I was kind of like, "Good, let those teams go. You go and do your thing, and I'll watch what's left." I, I don't. If it, if those big teams left and made their own league, I probably wouldn't watch Super League. I don't. I'd rather watch what they leave behind. I think it'd be more interesting and I'd be more relatable. That's the thing. Like football is supposed to be a working class thing and be relatable. It's the Premier League isn't relatable. The football league's not really relatable, but it's a closer step to reality than. The Premier League. I think, I, I think there is just too much money in it nowadays. Yeah, it's, the money's the money's 
drove it to a point where you're not you're not in the real world, are you? It's not realistic. It's it's obscene when they're talking about how much Mohamed Salah can earn. I know he's very, very he's world class at what he does, but the amount of money they're talking about him earning a week is obscene. Well, look at the amount that they're look at the amount they're talking about Haaland demanding when he leaves. Yeah. They're, they're talking about eight hundred and seventy five grand a week. That's, um, that's just, just, just for Haaland to sign somewhere. No one's going to pay that now because I think after COVID, everyone's sort of set just a cap somewhere. It's still ridiculous money. But I mean, the other thing is, is if we if the fit and pers- proper person's test does come out, does, is that actually going to make the, the game cheaper if, if they take out all these allegedly corrupt large sum- sums of money coming in from people? Is it then, are we going to see... It will look the wages fall. Are we going to see yeah. Sky? Even for us, are we going to see uh, the price of Sky subscription fall? I, because they're not going to have the same quality of content that they've got now. I would think. I would think the um, uh, the amount spent on transfers would become more realistic. I would hope. I would hope. I would hope. When you you, you, you to go and buy a world class player, hundred million pounds. Yeah, you can't justify that. They're going to yeah. cut a world-class player. Jack Grealish is a hundred million. Yeah, pounds. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what I'm saying? A hundred million pounds for a player, an international player, that is, it is just obscene, really. It's obscene. Right, let's, let's try and get back to the topic that we actually started discussing before we've gone off on a massive tangent, what, which was Chelsea choice? Football Club. They got, um, oh yeah, they've got a, quite a few suitors, haven't they? I mean, there's, the whole world is queuing up to buy them. Didn't someone make a bid today? Uh, yes. Uh, over hey. two billion pounds, which we need to talk about. I've got to ask this: as a football club, Chelsea have loans, although they don't have to repay these loans. They've got loans of one point five billion pounds, and on top of that, my understanding is is from the research that I've done over Abramovich's tenure, they've lost nine hundred million pounds outside of his loans, and at their last financial uh, statement for whatever period it was. They only had twenty million quid in the bank, and their How monthly is wage bill is twenty-eight million pounds. Million pounds. Oh. How is this club going for two to three billion pounds when it's basically not owned by anyone right now? Is hemorrhaging cash left, right, and centre, and is steeped in controversy because the actual person who owns it but has now been disqualified from being a director. And owning the club. How is this worth two billion pounds? Uh, because of uh, global markets, I suppose. Commercial, deals, commercial deals, sponsorship. I mean, they've lost, mind you, they've lost their main sponsor, wants nothing to do with them at the moment, wants their name off the shirt. It's got to be, you know, potential. It's the potential. Um, well, sorry, also, you've got to bear in mind that the Chelsea, who is it? The Chelsea fans, there's a group that owns the, the land. On yeah, a stadium, the so they. Trust. Thank you. Yeah. So they can't move ground. They've also got to get their permission before they can rebuild Stamford Bridge. Well, Who I've... would actually want to pay two billion pounds for this football club that's hemorrhaging money, can't move, can't build? I know. It's the same people who would lend seven hundred and fifty million to Barcelona to, 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 to so they can sort their debt out and get themselves in more debt and sign more players. It's ridiculous. I know. The oh, two, I... the two that I know interested parties. I don't know. I don't know who the one that made the bid is today. But the two I've heard is pushing is the Ricketts family who own Chicago 
Cubs. Cubs. Yep, yeah, I've got a list here. Are worth about twenty-seven billion pounds. Yeah. And the other one that made me tickle, chuckle, because NFL fans will realise, was Woody Johnson, the owner of the New York Jets. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. So if he if he gets the club, Chelsea, enjoy your trip to League Two because that's where you'll be because that's the standard of his sporting teams. Okay, some of the ones there's a Turkish billionaire called Mushin Bayrak. Uh, he's yeah, yeah, Bayrak. He's chairman of AB Group Holdings. Uh, and they invest in cryptocurrency, tourism, and energy. Uh, uh, he's determined to buy Chelsea, and his lawyer was set to be in London for talks. Uh, Swiss billionaire Hans Jörg Wies and US business. No, that's, that's not true. That one's been ruled out by yeah, him. that one's been cancelled. Which one? Off the the, the one? Wies one. The Jörg oh, okay. Wies one. And Todd Bowley. And the, the, the one that's coming today is an investment firm from London. Okay, right, that's they fine. Nick Candy. Nick Candy is one. He's uh, exploring a number of options for a potential bid. He's a season ticket holder. Um, Nick Candy, yeah? Yes. So there's a the, the Chicago Cubs owner features Lord Coe, uh, who is a, a season ticket holder. And the one that came in today, the latest one is ATL Partners. Um, a Portuguese entrepreneur uh, pledging to put £50 million into the club immediately uh, to help serve as a bridging loan to help ease financial club issues and re to redevelop Stamford Bridge in the short term. So that, I, I don't understand because I think this is going to be an absolute legal mess uh, at some stage. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's going to... Eventually, Roman Abramovich is going to fight back, isn't he? He's going to fight back. No, he's and not. He, he, he's, he's washed his hands of it. He's got so much money. He yeah, for now, he has. For now, yeah, he but has. Do you not wonder, in two years' time, is he not going to take this to court? When he, he he can't get his assets that have been frozen, he's going to take it to court. He's definitely going to take this to court. Well, to be honest, if he does, he... And he'll probably win. He, he would be doing it now for Chelsea. I, I think... In, in some regards, I think there's some things that he may well take to court, but my understanding is when it comes to Chelsea, he actually loves the club. So he's like, I'm washing my hands. I don't want my loans back. I, I want I want out of the club so that the club is no longer affected let's, by my reputation. Let's see a bit further down the line when he's got no money left and because it's been, been frozen and then he's got to really start doing something. Let's see, see, I think that those leopard, that, those spots will... You know, those uh, rose-tinted glasses of his will come down a bit. Sorry, Dan. So I was listening to um, a different sport, but I was listening to a, a Formula One podcast. And th they had um, a lawyer on the show who's not normally on the show, who basically, a sports lawyer, who basically said, obviously it's different because Nikita Mazepan is only a driver. But it, it would be quite simple for Russian athletes and et cetera to take someone to a high court and probably win because they're not involved in any real issues it's different mm. because Roman Abramovich because he's got those possible links to to Russia where for people which is where it's different but they were saying like if Nikita Mazepan was to take Haas and F1 to court he would win easy so I don't know if where that stand on the Roman Abramovich front comparison wise oh well the thing about this to complicate Marzipan's uh thing is his dad was the sponsor of the team wasn't he the yeah, Haas but Nikita, sponsor but Nikita, but Nikita himself got dropped yeah, he got dropped and uh, and his yeah. contract walked out on basically. Yeah, so yeah, possibly. But Ryan. my understanding is, is you just saying Dan about Abramovich is if Abramovich was to launch it now, a legal challenge now, they wouldn't be able to freeze his assets for about eighteen months while it went through court. So if he was going to challenge for it, then surely the time to do it 
would be now. Well, no, the court might say we'll freeze the assets until we've discussed We'll freeze freeze everything until we've come to a decision. That could go either way. True, the court do have the right to do that. But, but by all accounts, the statement that he said is like, I'm going to sell the club and any money that is made from the sale of the club, I'm not asking for my loans back, but any sale that I'm, uh, any, any money that I get from a, a sale is going to go into a relief fund for the Ukrainian victims of the war. So if, because of, obviously, how, I don't know the exact where we sit right now, but if the Chelsea, if the club gets sold, where does the money go? My understanding is no. no, it's held. It's just held. My my understanding is it will be held in escrow. So it will literally be held in a bank until a new owner comes in. And it goes back to the club, I guess. That's why when we were talking about it briefly on WhatsApp, I said there could be a weird situation where somebody buys the club and then the money ends up floating back into the club. That's a, re- that's a reverse. That that's a reverse. That's a reverse Man U where they loaned against the club to buy the club, the Glazers. But if so, they're holding the money in escrow, then they've got to give the money to someone. So who does it go to? Surely it goes back to Chelsea Football Club. It'll be whoever the government have appointed. Uh, appointed to grassroots uh, uh, football. I don't know. It's a, it's a, someone out there may know. Tell us. Give it to fucking grassroots football, that, please. I was going to say that would be a hell of an injection of funds to grassroots football. Well, it's what if grassroots football. But didn't Abramovich say, look, rather than give me the money, spend send it off to projects in the Ukraine? There you go. Yeah. That's where it goes. Well, possibly. True. Yeah, you could just do that. They could do that. That would be a much. I mean, yeah, but take some of it for grassroots. Even if you give grassroots, you give grassroots a hundred million, and it's, pos- yeah. it's positive for it. Build some That's new, it. yeah. Build some new football facilities around the country. Either way, it's got to be done by May the thirty first. Is the cut off date? Oh, have they actually announced the date now? Yeah, it's, it's May the thirty first. No, May the thirty first is the Premier League. Is the end of the Premier League season? A fish. That's the end. They have to be. They have to have completed the season, and they have to be in a position on May the thirty first to start the new season. As but... they stand at the moment, they are not in a position. They're not in a position at the moment to finish the season as things stand financially. I was going to say, my understanding is, is they've got funding to finish till the end of the season. That's yeah. been assured. Um, but the question, my question is, is have the government amended the license so that Chelsea not can yet. be sold? They no, yeah, they're making yeah, they're they the government. I think you're. Uh, I, I don't know if they haven't done it. They are going to do it. it is I was something. going to say because this this is the biggest problem. Is, is is the licenses that they're giving Chelsea are constantly having to be changed and evolved because this well, of is course, yeah. a very different situation to what they would normally free freezing an asset to them is normally like taking someone's boat or their multi-million it, pound Rolls Royce. It, it could happen very quick be, because the deadline to bid for the club is this Friday. It is it was is Friday as well well as you listen to this, the deadline may have passed. Who is selling the club? Right. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, hang on. I I've got this written here. They've given it to uh, a brokerage. Yes, there is a there is a company that are dealing with it. Yeah, twenty creditable partners are interested in buying the club. Apparently, I would like to um, offer them two pound and a Galaxy Ripple. <laughs> However, I can't fund it once I own it. But there's my offer. I was going to say we also see a lot of clubs being going for like a quid. Didn't Chumpton go for a quid at one point? <laughs> Twice. 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 
the two quid club. There you go. Uh, other clubs, the yeah, other big clubs have been sold to the fans for a pound. But you then, yeah. for that pound, you get all their debts. Yeah, so um, it's, well, Charlton's it's, case, just one nutter to another. I suppose yeah. that's the only positive attraction to, to Chelsea is the fact that you're taking a club that doesn't have any debts. Doesn't have any money, but it doesn't have any debts. Yeah, but you have a lot of financial commitments in terms of wages. Yes. I mean, you're and not you're, getting a £1.5 billion pound debt. And you're, yeah, but you're looking, you're staring and looking down the barrel of a £28 million pound a month wage bill before you do anything else. Uh, and 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 nowhere near the club has ever broken even, so you're going into a loss-making situation. I suspect whoever takes over will be making, will be selling a few players along the line to balance the books. I was just about to ask Dan, do you reckon they're going to have a flash fire sale? That's very possible. Um, I I also think if you're a Chelsea fan, I think your had I word this correctly, your days of spending. So freely are probably coming to an end. Yep. Yeah. I'm definitely. not denying that you're going to be a top four side in the future. You probably will be, but I think your days of throwing money every summer have probably probably look to be the the next ownership will probably look to be. Can I, Man on, on that point, set up. your days at looking at smaller clubs with players that you that are making those smaller clubs better and going and buying those players. And I'll give you an example: Scott Parker. They bought Scott Parker because we were above them in the league. And I'm fucking bitter about that still as well. So good riddance to them. And on the flip side of things, they might actually get a manager that lasts more than 12 months because they can't afford to keep firing them for 30, 40 million (laughs) pounds a pop. Have you seen seen how much Jose Mourinho's made out of payoffs alone? It's got to be near the 100 million pounds. 97 million pounds. I'm not surprised. Payoffs. Most of that's United. (laughs) I saw a funny stat actually last summer that was like, I think it was like March last year. Someone tweeted that Alan Pardew's contract at Newcastle had finally ended. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Is that the five-year one that he got? Yeah, yeah. eight-year one. Eight. Eight. eight year. There's a podcast. What, Mike Ashley smoking when he signed that. No, he wasn't. It's sensible. There was a. There, there's um. And it wasn't just Ashley that got. It was. Sorry. It, sorry. Sorry, Pardew. you said it was sensible to give Alan no, no, no. an eight No, 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 sorry. I was thinking, well, I thought you said Pardew. Why did you made him sign that? <laughs> uh, no, I, um, Ashley, um, there's, a, there's a podcast. I'll Should look it, it up. Steve Bruce as well. There's a podcast. I'll look it up. And Ashley loved Pardew and he loved his team. And is it Andy Woodman? The, yeah, uh, the goalie yeah, He got given a 10-year contract and uh, before Pardew got one. And because... Ashley loved him. Thought he was brilliant. He, said, he manages Bromley now. He said, I sort you out a 10-year contract. And he went, oh, cheers, Gaff. And then Pardew said, you can't sign it. And he went, what do you mean? He said, well, if you sign it, what about, what about me? What about the rest of the team? He signed it anyway. The, a lot of <laughs> a lot of the the staff that were around Pardew at that time got long-term contracts. Pardew and his team cost Newcastle millions. Millions. However, I'm a big fan of Andy Woodman. For no more reason than he manages Bromley and he recently turned down Gillingham. Is that Freddie's dad then? Yeah, Freddie's yeah, dad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He turned down Gillingham, so he, he is a, he's a class act. My commiserations to Gillingham, you lost to Cholton. How shit are you? Ha <laughs> ha, big dippers. <laughs> <laughs> but that just takes me back to your story, Dan, about on the train. <laughs> was that? That was on the pod. <laughs> 
Oh, <laughs> was it the three-legged dog? And... The three-legged dog and the woman with multiple children with dodgy clothes <laughs> and one shoe. And roll on six months later, we got Captain Birdseye presenting the show. <laughs> <laughs> Not far from Gillingham either, really, on train. Miles away on train. Next up on Football Funders Podcast. <laughs> right. And uh, we'll leave that there. The sponsor. Chelsea, to sum up that, that segment, Chelsea are fucked. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Chelsea will never be the Chelsea that everyone's... And we have, uh, a, and we have a mascot. No, we, this podcast could be a nightmare to edit. No, we don't have a mascot. We have a mascot. No, we don't have a mascot. Oh, believe me, it's going to be Ryan, Dan and Captain Birdseye on the description. Trust me. <laughs> the debut of Captain Birdseye, episode 35 <laughs> of Football Funders. I'll have to get my agent to discuss this. <laughs> <laughs> It's FM Scout time and our penultimate bit of the show this evening uh, where we go, because we're all playing different games on um, Football Manager and we're all buying, selling players and we're discovering talents, aren't we? It's, it's the only way to describe. So who was going to go first? Ryan, let's have, well, who have you got for us? Right, Tell who, who are you managing? This is the thing. Well, this was... I was managing Newcastle. Oh, and, um, <laughs> I got fired. Salty. I took him in. Took him into the Champions League, and then we met Champions League quality. And yeah, we didn't. It didn't go well. I got fired before Christmas. Anyway, I am bringing to you for ten million pounds from Rangers. Yeah. One Yanis Haji, the son of the late great Georgie Haji. Sorry, uh, Romanian, twenty-three year old. Now. We've talked before about determination. This one's a little <laughs> bit lower than I normally go to, but the reason I always sign him is because of his technical ability. When you sign him, he like I said, he only costs £10 million, but his corners are 16, his crossing is 16, his free kick taking 17, his first touch is 15, passing, technique, penalty taking, all round the 14, 15 mark. He's not fantastically fast, but you can obviously improve that through training. And mentally, the vast majority of it's there. There's a lot of 13s there, so he's a good, solid mentally. Like I said, physically, needs to be a little bit quicker, but his natural fitness is 14. The guy's an assist machine. You can play him as a cam or as an inverted right winger, and not only does he score goals, but he creates them in equal measure. So um, you can go and sign him straight away. And these are his stats when you sign him from Rangers okay. for about 10 million quid. Excellent. Um, Dan, should I do mine? Because I'm not doing anyone that's bit. I'm, I, I was Newcastle manager. And the reason I'm not Newcastle manager is I still am, but I just don't play that game anymore because I won the European Cup twice. So I won the Premier League. I won everything going. And I got bored. I have nothing else to achieve, uh, really. In So... I've gone to the championship and I thought, what team really bores me? Middlesbrough have always bored the life out of me. Uh, I've gone to Middlesbrough and you don't get a lot of money. They've always bored them. They've bored me. They've just done don't, don't go there. Sorry. Bored you when they've had players like Fabrizio Ravanelli, Janino. Yeah, 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 yeah. But look what they did. Bored? They got relegated with them. Boring. Um, oh, oh, see, Captain. No, no. I, I think it may be coloured by the fact that I've 
Connor, I've had some long, some of my worst journeys to football games. I I've been there too many times. In my own some game. of my worst journeys to football matches there and back are to Middlesbrough. Um, and, and you know, I just we don't win up there. We just don't win at Middlesbrough. Um, and and then Tony Mowbray gets really salty when we get a two-two draw with him at the end of the season and comes out and annoys me at the press conference by saying in front of my face, we shouldn't be drawing two-two with a team like Charlton. Fuck's sake, have a word with yourself, Mowbray. So on that basis, I thought, I'll take them over. They've got no money. There's precious little money, but I signed a player. There's a player on that I didn't sign. He was already there. But um, and it's, 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 So if you're playing at the championship, this player is the one you want, uh, a striker. Because you're going to be paying in a championship for a good striker. How much, Dan? Uh, millions, millions. 15, 16 mil. Yeah, yeah. Go on, go to um, Sporting CP uh, in Portugal and sign the Slovenian Andres Sporar. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and he's uh, he's a striker, an out and out striker. The the highest thing, highest stat he's got is fifteen for flair. Um, his stamina's bang average. His balance, everything is bang average. He's a good championship player. He would make. He would. He would do okay in the Premier League. He wouldn't set the Premier League on fire. But he's pretty damn decent in the uh, Championship. And I'm no, I'm looking at him now. And uh, he's, I've got him on loan. If I want to buy him at the end of the season, it'll cost me £1.9 million. And I think that's money well spent because he's scoring goals for me. Uh, left, right and centre. Uh, four games, six goals so far. So I like him a lot. So... Uh, Andres Spora, uh, get him from. He's on loan at Middlesbrough when you start the game up, uh, but he's worth a look. Worth a look if you're in the Championship. He's one to keep an eye out for because if you haven't got a big budget, it'll do you do you proud. There you go. Not a big money signing. Spora, Spora. Dan, who have you got for us? Right, I think I think I'm going to a new position this week. I don't think we've got we've not had a right back yet, have we? I don't think no, so, no. no, no well, we'll so. add a right back to the list. Um, oh, so, oh, no, uh, sorry, we have. Sorry, J- Jerome Timber. Yes, we had Jerome Timber, yes. So Ryan's <laughs> been aware of my... I was about to sing. I'm not going to. Don't need that again. Did that before. <laughs> He's yelling, Timber! <laughs> Ryan's aware of my fucking bonkers <laughs> FM save that I'm currently playing. Yeah. Where I was manager of Barcelona. I won everything... And then resigned after winning everything for two seasons in a row and yeah. could not get a job to save my life. You're having a laugh. To the point where the only job I got offered was Stoke City, who were bottom of the championship. So I went to manage Nigeria. <laughs> Why? Because I got offered the job. So I managed Nigeria for two years, won the African Cup of Nations and uh, was offered the Valencia job. Sorry, sorry. Know. Just before we do this, can we this go back to the story about you managing Nigeria, Dan? <laughs> Come on, mental. confess, confess. I want your confession. Confess what? The, the story you told me about when you managed Nigeria. Oh, right. I made a. Come a on, football... we got to have this shit of the week. We'll chuck it in now. I made a football manager boo boo. So I'm, I'm playing in the World Cup qualification. I'm playing Libya. In the first leg in Libya, I beat them seven nil. In the second leg, I picked my team. I've sent them out. We've played 60 minutes and it's nil-nil. And I'm thinking, how the fuck have have I put six six or seven past them at theirs and it's nil-nil at home? So I've gone onto my tactics screen 
And I've gone to change my midfielder to put two strikers up front. And I've noticed when I've picked my team, the backup keeper might have been my striker. Oh, I've done that. I've done that. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> so, <laughs> thankfully, I took him off and I won 5 0. But for 60 minutes, I was working out while we were having 15 shots on target, 15 <laughs> shots and bugger all on target. It was because my six foot nine goalkeeper was up front. Genius. But back to Valencia. Sorry, I just had to get you to tell that story. Back to Valencia, so, um, then. After, after um, winning the African Cup of Nations with Nigeria, that was enough, apparently. Sod winning the Champions League twice and La Liga twice. Winning the African Cup of Nations, that drove Valencia to really wanting me. So I took over the Valencia job. They were second bottom after 10 games. And uh, it was all going peak Tom. In the, in the January, I signed... Pedro Porro. Por, Ped Porro? Porro? I don't know. He's a right back from Sporting CP in real life on loan from Man City. Yeah. Um, he costs you, he cost me £40 million, and that's £40 million where you pay 20 now and then you sprinkle some bollocks into the future. <laughs> Is that a technical negotiating term? I'll pay you £20 million and I'll sprinkle some bollocks in the future. Well, be yeah. careful because you don't want to say I'll sprinkle your bollocks later because that's just a completely different offer. That's why do you think I've only got one bollock? I sprinkled too much, clearly. <laughs> Carry on. Right. Yes. Back to Pedro Poro, Dan. He, um, at 21, obviously, in my game, he's not 21 because, you know, I've spent a few years at Barcelona and a few years in Nigeria, which I won't. Different lifestyles. Luckily, you know, you can't. Can't live the lifestyle on FM, but basically Pedro Porro, when you start the game, yeah. he physically is a sensational footballer. He has 18 natural fitness, 16 pace and stamina, agility and acceleration. So physically as a wingback, no problem. His crossing and dribbling of 15, 16, first touch of 15. Defensively, again, he's a wingback, so he needs a bit of work because he's still young. 13 tackling, 15 technique, marking of eight does improve. I think he's up to about 13 on my game. Decisions and determinations are 18 and 12. Off the ball, 16. Vision, 15. Concentration's low, but I won't lie, I don't think I've had a bad game from him since I signed him. I was, if you don't know a football manager, the analytics on it is very good. You can really find out what you need to find out. So one of the problems and the reason I went to get him was because I was shipping goals off my right-hand side. I think I had like 25 goals that were all down the opposition's left. Between January and the summer, I've let in three goals since I've signed him. So Pedro Porro is uh, he's a boy. He costs a lot of money from Man City, but sometimes I think he ends up on the transfer list. So if you can pick him up cheap, do try to. So clearly we've already had shit housery with Dan playing a six foot nine goalkeeper up in a World Cup qualifier. That's our shit housery of the week. Plonker of the week, Ryan. It goes to Trevor Sinclair, not surprisingly of TalkSport this week, for claiming that Marcus Rashford is struggling because he's playing out of position and he's actually really a striker and he's got a really good goals record. I'm struggling to understand that one because I don't think his goal record is even one in three. So... I know we don't want to say his name too much, but is he confusing Rashford with Greenwood? I'm not sure if it was Gabby Abonglahor being Trevor Sinclair or Trevor Sinclair. <laughs> what Gabby is, settle it for me, what is Rashford's best position? Winger, in the cutting but, in from the left. For me personally, I, th- I would describe him as an inside forward. So it would be like coming off the left, much similar to the way Thierry Henry played at Arsenal in the beginning, he'd come in off the left. I'm not comparing the skill levels. No, um, I'm not, no, no, no. Position. 
I was just um, intrigued to hear what position you think. He's his... not consistent enough to he's play. He's not an out and out striker. He wow. scores a goal every 3.5 games. If he was to be a striker, you'd probably say he'd be in the the sort of Jermaine Defoe kind of style of player. Not the same kind of goal scorer, but on the shoulder, use your pace. Okay. But he's not consistent. He's never been consistent enough. I think there his was... body's... He's, I don't think he's got the strength. Not built enough for the forwards. He is very much becoming similar to Anthony Martial. There's okay. no other way I could describe it. They've he's got... becoming shit and French? Well, shit, not French, but they've got <laughs> amounts of talent. And when they do turn it on, they're amazing. But trying to get them to turn it on... You think right. it's another case of... And this is... A, feel free to turn me down. Brought in at young age, built to such a high level, that now he's kind of finding his feet properly. He's bang you're average. Looking, yeah, you're like people have... He's kind of... He's blown Pinched. his load a bit early, bless him. It's steady alley. That's what it is. It, it, I don't want to say it, but I mean, it looks well, like we said following. That, we said that earlier, didn't I? Was he yeah. a Jesse Lingard or was he a Deli Alley? The only, the only difference Lingard's is, on the periphery. Deli Alley is nowhere near. The only difference is, I think Rashford deserves a little bit more time because Deli Alley's been shipped for two and a half years. Rashford will get more time because he is the darling of Manchester with all the stuff that he did off the pitch, challenging the government and whatnot, and being born in Withenshaw in Manchester. He will outlast every single Manchester United manager. He's not going to go anywhere. He needs to that stuff to take a back seat and concentrate on his football for a while, doesn't he? Get his form back. That's what he I needs did, to do. I did like the rumour I saw last week that he was going to replace, replace Mbappe in Paris. I don't that see... That won't I, work. I, don't, I genuinely, honestly don't think it's the off-the-field stuff that is the issue. I think it is all in his head. I mean, we, yeah. We've said it on this podcast well, this before, is, This is why I say oh, it. Oh, no, the reason yeah. I'm saying this is because I don't necessarily... But I think there's got to be a time when you're... If you're struggling at, at, at your football, you need... Or, or, or it's not going right. You need to put all your efforts into it. But he might be. We, we don't know that, do we? We don't know, yeah. But fuck the distractions. Let's concentrate on the football. I know where you're coming from, but I, I genuinely think it's more it's brought into his own height. Because like we've said on this podcast, both me and you have actually said this, when players start dyeing their hair and their boots <laughs> suddenly start changing colour... and Does he have white boots? They smelt their own bullshit and they like it. <laughs> so he thinks he's a million-dollar man and, and he's well-made and he's earning 250 grand a week and he's the social darling of the country because he told Boris Johnson to feed hungry children. He, Sorry. He likes just, the smell of his own shit. Just this random and if you I know this is really out of out of random, but just to let people know, if you want to know where what time we are recording, this Newcastle are playing and apparently someone has run onto the pitch and timed themselves to the goalpost with a cable tie. Right. Why? I I mean uh, a, I don't know. Is it an Amnesty International protest or something? Fuck knows. Just thought I'd be interested. Fucking nutters everywhere. That's how fun Everton versus Newcastle has been. That's got nil-nil written all over it, hasn't it, really? Well, no, Newcastle are going to beat them easily. I mean, they played 55 minutes and it's currently nil-nil. It's nil-nil. By the way, been, can, we, can we have a quick... Been two shots. Quick mention on what Eddie Howe has done to Joel Linton. He's moved him into midfield. He's, changed his He's position. playing like Patrick fucking Vieira. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and, while and while we're also on the subject of players and like, what the fuck's going on? 
<laughs> who has fed what to Alexandra Mitrovic at Fulham? 35 well, goals is, in 35 this is, games. This is standard for him in the championship. It's no, not that, not that he's many broke, goals. I mean, he's, he's pretty close before her. Fucking 35 goals in about 35 games. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's an animal in the championship. In, 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 the, in cricket in terms, he's a flat-track bully. I think, in fairness, I think if you put Mitrovic in a better Premier League side, he'd score goals. Because he's posting like fucking Haaland numbers right now. I mean, he's had a, he's always been good in the championship, pretty bless him. It's just, uh, and for some reason, the step up is too much for him. But he should, he should go to Norwich then. He'd fit in perfectly. Or no. I mean, Fulham are pretty good at yo-yoing themselves. At the yeah, I, I think if, <laughs> if, if he leaves Fulham, he needs to go to a, if you're going to go to a Premier League side, go to a Premier League side that will create chances for him because he's clearly good at taking them. And just that Fulham weren't, aren't very good at creating them in the Premier he's, League, are they? He's he's like a really poor version of, of Ibrahimovic right now. Fulham still rely on Tom Kearney for all their assists and the poor bloke's about 32 now. Anyway, so, um, Plunk with a week, pause. Trevor, Trevor Sinclair. Sinclair. Yeah, I could live with that Plunk with a month, to be honest, with Trevor Sinclair. And he's on TalkSport. I mean, you've got your pick from that place, really. Well, you... You've only got to have been on a, on a football bench once, and they'll 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 bring you in. They, they've had loads of people. <laughs> Jamie they, O'Hara, how does he get paid? To, to Jamie talk? O'Hara, Jason Cundy, there. Uh, oh. What's his name? Austin, who used to play for QPR, or still plays for QPR. Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin's come He's in. Funny though. Shay Givens come in. They've had Jack Wilshere, and Jack Wilshere couldn't get a job. Oh, can I just um, say, I signed in my Middlesbrough game. I signed Jack Wilshere on a on a free. That's your and, own fault. And uh, first game of the season, he didn't make because he's out for eight weeks with a torn hamstring. <laughs> I will say, actually, give sh- shit house uh, uh, of the week can actually go to Jack Wilshire because I don't know if you saw this on Twitter. Go on. Someone, someone was talking about football manager, and he was like, "I signed Jack Wilshire on a free transfer, and after three months, he's had two injuries, and he's complaining that he's not getting enough game time, and he deserves to play at a higher level." Jack Wilshire responded and said. Sounds like bang average management to me, but sounds about fair. You paid for Arhus yet? Any ideas? He has, yes, played, he has. Yeah, yeah. He's played three games and he started the last one. In he's the been... middle of our street. Uh, on that note, I think uh, we <laughs> should uh, say thanks very much to Captain Birdseye. You are Captain Birdseye. Uh, to Ryan Scott. <laughs> Thank you very much. Dan Finch. Yes. And me, Pete. Um, we'll see Birdseye. you again next time. Captain Don't forget. Sorty. Don't forget to go visit our sponsors. Uh, let us talk uh, uh, mental health charity. You can find them on uh, Facebook, on Twitter and Instagram, and the Proper Blokes Club on Facebook. And if you need someone to chat to, go and have a walk with the boys. They're great. And bird's eyes, fish fingers. <laughs> oh, we look, if they want to sponsor the show, we're more than happy. Yeah, look into it. A lifetime supply of fish fingers. <laughs> Salty bastards. Good night.